Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and today we have the audio from our October podcasting meetup, where we met with Kelly Froze of the Edmonton Nerd List and Jeff Williams of Guerrilla Radio about how to reach your audience. Many thanks to Variant Edition for hosting us. You can find them at their great new location on 151st Street, just north of Stony Plain Road. And thanks also to our door prize donors, Taproot Edmonton, a source of curiosity-driven stories about the city cultivated by the community, and the debutantes who put on a sketch comedy show at the Sewing Factory every other Wednesday. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Castria, where award-winning podcasters help you record, edit, and publish your podcast. Stephen and Erica from Castria produce this very podcast, and you'll hear more from them later in the show. And now, on with the show. Hello, thank you for coming. Um, please welcome our guest today. So Kelly Rose connects local nerds with nerdy resources through the Edmonton Nerd List, which aims to be the antidote to people lamenting, I didn't know about that, or I didn't know that was local, right? I hope so. Yeah, totally it does. Uh, he's got a whole list of nerdy local podcasts and streams on his site at edmontonnerdlist.com. And to his right is Jeff Williams. He runs Guerrilla Radio, an all-local, independent online radio station that promotes local music and culture and strives to be a sustainable platform from which local creators can promote themselves. Um, Guerrilla Radio started playing a growing number of local podcasts on its airwaves, including The Awesome Hour and uh, High Level Showdown. I like politics, so I'm glad that you got High Level Showdown on there. Welcome, guys. Hey. Welcome now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> start with you, Jeff. Why, uh, how and why did you start? Uh, I started uh, Grilla Radio after I graduated from university. I was basically just bored from, after having worked like endlessly in school and then to go back to nothing, I couldn't really go back to smoking weed and playing video games all the time. So I started working in, on the internet and I was involved with the uh, local music scene at the time. So. I started working within that, doing a lot of live event streaming, um, broadcasting concerts on the internet. Uh, started adding more, more and more bands. Uh, it was mostly a lot of live music and of live events. I was I had been big into throwing events back in school, and uh, it kept growing from there. And now it has about a hundred local bands on it, and about eight podcasts at the moment. Awesome, um, Kelly. How and why did you start? Sorry, no problem. That's okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you the how, the why is just almost like an accident, I guess is the best way of putting it. There's a local role-playing game convention here in town called IntrigueCon, and I had been to it the first year, and I went to it the second year, and then in the lead-up to the third year's event, and I was helping the guy that runs it, okay, well, did you go to this store? Did you go to this store? Or maybe it was the second. Anyway. In the lead up to it, I said, okay, well, have you, gone to, have you gone to this store? Have you gone to this store? And you know what? Screw it. I'll make you a list. <laughs> so that's where the actual idea came from. It was just a list of comic book stores originally, and I just put it up on a Facebook page. And then it kind of grew from there because I realized that I could start a collecting hobby and I didn't need to buy anything. So, <laughs> um, yeah, and then it's something I can do at 4 a.m. before I go to work and do my day job and before my wife and my toddler daughter wake up. So it was something I could do part-time. And, and why did it expand beyond stores? 
I wanted to add in events. I wanted to add in IntrigueCon, for example, and I wanted to add in the Expo, and I wanted to add in all of these tabletop wargaming conventions that we have in town and all of the board game conventions. And then, okay, well, I added that in, and I started seeing cosplayers, and I added a huge list of them, and then I added in, okay, well, this podcast is nice. I'll check that out when I have time. And then, okay, well, this blog is nice. I'll check that out when I have time. And then it just... It became a bucket list of things that I never have time to do. <laughs> so I know about half of you guys in the room, but I really apologize for not being able to follow your shows as often as I like. <laughs> I think I've tuned into Daniel and Trina more than anybody in the room, but that's because I'm also trying to raid them for, for links too. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate you sitting all the people that I know in the front row, too. <laughs> the people that I've physically met in person before. <laughs> Totally did that on purpose. Um, so you have that completest um, spirit of the collector. I hope so, but there's a lot out there, and I'm still finding stuff all, all the time. And if I was going to ask, I was listening to everybody, and I'm like, oh, I should be taking notes because <laughs> I'm, I'm. It is recorded. <laughs> See. That's the podcaster talking over there. <laughs> That's somebody who knows that what they're saying is okay, going to come back to haunt you later. <laughs> Me, I don't have that filter yet, and I'm trying, but uh, it'll come back. So, Jeff, why did you uh, expand beyond music to spoken word? Uh, well, I was started, it was like, like I said, it was exclusively music for a long time, but... Uh, I have a degree in history in economics and political science, and I love talk radio, and I wanted to really expand it that way. Uh, also, I wanted to have more personality on there because previously, like with it's just music, it was just kind of that. So I wanted to have people that I wanted to have people talking that people could relate to, and I want to move into more live radio in the future. But right now, it's mostly recorded. Um, so basically, it, now every day there's a show being broadcast at usually 7 o'clock and then rebroadcast the next day at 1 o'clock. I actually think the Awesome Hour is broadcasting right now. And uh, <laughs> if, like, if you go to gradio.ca, it'll be there. I think uh, there's like, you know, an app, and I'm, I'm pretty sure they're broadcasting right now. But uh, So now every day there's a show. Um, we're going to start giving away prizes and stuff like that. Uh, it'll, it's basically a cross-promotion network. Um, so each show can promote it through that website. People go there, find out the other shows that are on there, uh, hang around a bit, maybe check out some music, and then it basically, the more content that you add, the more it benefits everybody because it's all in one place and it all links and relates to a whole bunch of other shows, a whole bunch of other things going on around the local music and cultural scene. So um, the more content that is there, the more, it, the more it kind of benefits everybody. Kind of the way a radio should be, and I mean all the big radios in Edmonton, they don't really focus on local music and art and culture because there's not much money in it, but on the internet, the overhead cost is, you know, considerably less so that's the niche that we fill it's just working exclusively within the local music and art scene while being funded by local businesses do you get people saying why are you local why are you only local i uh, get that all the time i don't know not really okay. people mostly people are like that's awesome especially within the music scene because you know instead of having to compete with artists from around the country and the world they're only you know related to other local bands and then the shows that we throw are always exclusively local so it gives them a place to play uh gives them shows to do and it, you know it's like a extra promotion for locally focused music and art and uh so for the most part people are always saying sweet that's cool <laughs> when you look for somebody um for a podcaster to be on gorilla radio what are the criteria what are you looking for 
Uh, well, when I was first starting out, I went to Nate and gave us gave a, a presentation to their radio broadcasting students at the time. I was kind of looking for anything because I was providing about two shows myself, but a radio is not made of one person providing all the content. So I was just branching out looking for more uh, more shows. Um, so I grabbed a couple, kind of the, a, a couple from Nate and then put those on. And then once I started having one or two, it kind of started snowballing. Other people were looking to get into it. And then I always keep my eye open too. And then, you know, social media obviously is a good one. So I come across a lot of guys on Twitter or Instagram or whatever. And then uh, when I find them myself, if I just kind of take a listen, if it's something I like, like a high level showdown something, because uh, I love like, I, I, like having politics and uh, news is something that I want to have on G radio. Um, and they're, they focus on local news and politics which you know you don't really get that in a lot of places so i hit up those guys and uh they're they're out of the u of a too so i really like to have that i try to have something from everywhere right now so there's currently there's sports there's news there's politics there's music and life and like i'd like to add some more stuff and you know keep it as broad as possible um and always just looking for more and whatever. I mean, it's also whatever I like as well. I right. always kind of find that too. So it's your thing. You can put whatever what yeah. you want on it. I, I try to keep it open to everyone, but I mean, like, especially when it comes to music, some genres are definitely more represented than others only because those are the the shows that I go to and like the music that I listen to. So awesome. Um, Kelly, you've got a lot of media, mainstream media attention. Actually, you've on CBC and I don't know a bunch of other links. So, what what's that like? That's interesting. It's it's different to have people look at you and know who you are. So <laughs> I'm, I'm staring around the room and like you, I've just met a I haven't officially met most of you. I've seen some of your podcasts, but I have no idea who you guys are or outside of that. And to be kind of on the spot a little intimidating at times. <laughs> I'm feeling that now again. <laughs> but, I mean... Has it helped drive traffic to... It has. I mean, you can... I'm very much a numbers guy. I like... I'm very much a video game guy, so I like looking at the stats from the website after something like that happens, and you can see the spike. Okay, well, that's that happened right after it broadcasts. Okay, well, that's what this is worth, and that's what this is doing, and that's what that'll do, and that's what that'll do. And it's kind of addicting a little bit for the for the numbers part of it. Right. Now the numbers are also connected to your ability to monetize this, as they say. So, what are what are you? How are you bringing in money? At the moment, it's sponsorship through through local businesses and local artists. I mean, um, and then just random people that like what I'm doing. So it's all done through Patreon at the moment. And again, and I'm, um, I'm kind of getting a little off topic, but just about every the strategy behind what I'm doing is having very little time so I pick the easiest least time-consuming option so if it looks like I'm being lazy well partially it is but I have an excuse for for why because I've got the full-time job and I've got my daughter I've got my wife and then I've got this besides and very little time to do much of anything else so whatever I can do to free up time and I completely got off topic That's again. Okay, so your your Patreon is bringing in almost two hundred bucks a month. Is that right? Is that the time horizon? Yeah, uh, right around that. Yeah. yeah. So mm. that's better than paying to do your thing. It is. It more than pays for itself now, and yeah. some of that. I mean, and the rewards. Okay, well, what do people? What kind of rewards can I give people? So I take some of that money and I put it right back into boosting the posts for the people that I'm advertising for. So it's kind of trying to incentive give them incentives to sponsor me as well so that's kind of actually worked so 
So what is the fulfillment for your sponsors or advertisers? What do you do for them? Uh, it just gets the word out for them. And then at the same time, I'll, I'll put up better listings. I'll put up their logos. I'll try and hopefully it, it's strong. It's like the phone book used to be. You'd, you'd see kind of a yellow pages. I think that was kind of the idea a little bit at times. Okay, well, I'll put out a print print edition just for the heck of it. And I'll put all these pictures in. And yeah, that's not going to happen. No. <laughs> I don't have the time to put something like that together. And I'm, I'm realizing what my strengths are. Yeah. So you'll list people for free, but if they, you, you can upsell them a nicer listing and boost I haven't heard it said back to me like that but yeah I guess that's, that's that's the idea okay well if you like what I'm doing then I'll make a better listing I'll feature you a little bit more often and hopefully because I'm exclusively Edmonton so I have a very high concentration of Edmonton and listeners or sorry you guys have listeners I have, have visitors visitors yeah. that, that works for me people that creep my social media feed ah uh, Nice people. They're all Edmontonians. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, what's your business model, or what are you working on to bring in revenue? Uh, it's basically sponsored by, like I said, local companies. Uh, our main sponsors right now are Shellshock and Two Bodies of Water Studio. Um, looking for some more right now. Um, the way it works is there's ads that go into the website as well as into the the radio broadcast. Um, the way it works is that the podcasts that are in the broadcast, when we get sponsors, which is what we're working on right now, uh, they will all men they can all mention or you know give a blurb at the beginning of their show that it's sponsored by this company, and then they will get a they will get a piece of the advertising revenue that's brought in. So it incentivizes people that are in the radio broadcast to promote both uh, G Radio as well as. Uh, the sponsors and then they get paid um, a direct percentage of any revenue that's brought in as a result and uh, that's kind of what we're that's the model working on right now and uh, we'll see how that goes yeah so. <laughs> what have you learned so far about about that like what are some lessons that you're willing to t tell people about what works and what doesn't in that space with regards to selling advertising uh, you really have to believe in your product that's like the most important thing when you're meeting with people you're not you can't be asking them for money you have to be you know telling them exactly like the, the great opportunity that is in front of them and uh it, like asking for money is definitely not it wasn't my strong suit but it's a very important skill to have and like i said don't make phrase it like you're asking for money um it's more of a business deal than anything else excellent advice would um either of you aim to make this your day job uh that's the goal, that's the goal. <laughs> we'll see how that goes absolutely if there's yeah. a possibility of it at all i'd love to excellent um what impresses you about the local podcast scene jeff uh it's very diverse mm -hmm. uh, i really like that about it um we like uh it's been f from just getting into it only in the last few uh four or five months it's it's uh, the, the more i get into it the more i find there's more and more uh, than I thought there would be. And it's very broad and very diverse. And I really like that about it. Kelly, on the nerdy podcast side, what have you discovered or what's, what's struck you? Just the, just the variety. I mean, the professionalism. You see a lot of different co topics covered. You, that's what, what I noticed in the beginning. Like, you're almost surprised to see, okay, the qual okay they're local. That's, that's the big thing. I mean, there's a, half the people in the room that I, I've followed 
you're really impressed. Okay, well, they're from here. Okay, it's almost like an inspiration to be able to say, okay, they're not some faceless entity being creating this somewhere in the States, somewhere they're right here. So, I mean, I'm coming from it and thinking, wow, you guys do a really good job with what you do. And that might sound like flattery, but I'm honestly impressed. You recently did an interview with a local guy who's on Nintendo Dads, which I guess is a podcast with some following. I, I'm neither a Nintendo player nor a dad, so I didn't know. But um, and yeah, you had that, that that it's like I didn't even know you were from here. That's so cool. Yeah, and I have to say, and going back to how you find things, once you start obsessively liking other pages on Facebook and Twitter, their algorithms are really good at helping you find other things like that so if you like if you have an idea of what you're trying to find and I do I'm only looking for Edmonton content and I'm looking for Edmonton podcasts and I'm looking for Edmonton blogs if you're only liking those things Facebook's really good at showing you other ones even if they're not advertised as being Edmonton based they still show up in their algorithms as being from Edmonton so okay I'm my my questions always like okay why is Facebook or why is Twitter showing me this and sure enough, I look into it and I'm finding stuff that has an Edmonton component anyway. So maybe you're on a podcast where not all of you are in the same place. But Nintendo Dads was a case of that as well. And then mm-hmm. just kind of a happy coincidence, I happened to run into them at a video game championships and confirmed it that way. Nice. You're like a, a reporter on the beat. <laughs> I'll take that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. I am not an actual journalist. <laughs> Um, so for um, just based on your listening of the podcast that you do have time to listen to do you have any advice or any um, observations that could help people who are in that space Uh, well one thing I always try to tell the shows that I work with and the shows that I do myself is always have guests on it having a guest on your show is huge because it always expands a new network like uh, if one one guest is on your show, they tell their friends to check it out, listen to the show. Their friends listen to it, they get introduced to it, and then you know some of them will stick around and listen to it again. And then the next episode, you have a different guest, and every every time every episode brings on a new guest, which in, engages a new network. And then that's how the, I found my best way has been expanding with the shows that I do, is just through that. Like we do a lot of musical guests, they tell their fans about the show that they're on, and. Uh, you know, those guys get engaged with a network that they might previously not have been. Kelly? I'm definitely the wrong person to give (laughs) you guys any advice about podcasting. I mean, from a selfish perspective, just identify where you're from because it makes it easy for me, but I mean, mean, it it does help you get, it does help you get started if somebody sees that you're from Edmonton, then you've got kind of a local backing already. So just highlight that. Don't I'm filling that location field when you're filling out your Facebook page or your Twitter account. Definitely tell people where you're from. It doesn't mean that people outside of Edmonton won't listen to you. It just means that people who are total local bores will, right? It it gets you a bit of a boost to get started, to get a following. Absolutely. Excellent. We'll take a break and hear from our friends at Castria, and then we'll be back to hear more from our podcast meetup on how to reach your audience. This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by Castria, where award-winning podcasters can help you make your show sound great. I'm here with Castria co-founders Stephen Schapansky and Erica Ensign. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. 
How did you get into podcasting before we get into what Castria is? I got into podcasting over 10 years ago when a friend and I wanted to start talking about Doctor Who. And he knew about podcasting. I did not. So he set it up and I just talked onto a mic once a week with him. And 10 years later and many other podcasts later, um, here we are. So my life has been podcasting for the better part of a decade or more. Yeah. And I discovered Stephen's podcast about 10 years ago. It was only, I think, the second podcast I ever listened to. And that was a great big part of what inspired me to start my first podcast, which is also a Doctor Who podcast. And I dived in uh, with both feet and uh, have collected a good number of podcasts since then. And it really has been my life ever since. All right. So what can Castria do for people? Podcasting is still sort of an up-and-coming media format on the internet and, and in the world. It's it's gaining popularity. So if you have been podcasting already for a while and you want to improve, or if you want to just take some of the work off of your plate and have somebody else do it for you, we can help with that. Or if you are interested in getting into the realm of podcasting, we can help you uh, plan what kind of a, a podcast that would look like. We can help get it set up from the beginning. And and also, we if you decide you want to be the one who's actually doing the work and all that kind of thing, but you don't know where to start, we can actually train you how to do that and give you tools to keep you going and then you know set you free into the world of podcasting on the internet to do that. In fact, if you are located in Edmonton, we can actually come in person and do the recording for you and the audio engineering to make sure that everything sounds as, as good as possible. And in addition to the audio stuff, there are a variety of other media solutions that we can offer for you. We can do video editing. Um, both Stephen and I have published essays in a variety of magazines and books about both podcasting and genre properties of different sorts. We have done voiceover work and voice acting, uh, and we can even do uh, copy editing and proofreading on an hourly rate basis. So lots of lots of media solutions to mm -hmm. uh, to offer. And it's also if if you want to do like a personal podcast or something like that, like if something you love, like a show or something like that, it, we, we do work for that. But also if you're a business or something wanting to help promote your 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 brand and your product and your office and stuff, uh, we think that podcasting is a way to sort of control your advertising message, and so that can be helpful as well. So there's a wide variety of people we can help. Excellent. Uh, thanks for coming to chat with me. Thank you, Karen. Thank you. Thank you for producing my podcast. <laughs> Anytime. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, visit com to hire Stephen and Erica to help you make your podcast. They help me, and I know they can help you. Castria is C-A-S-T-R-I-A, and they are at wearecastria.com. Do you guys have any questions? No. <laughs> how about how do I get onto Gorilla Radio if I want to? Um, <laughs> uh, you can talk to me while I'm here, or you can just send it an email or get in contact. It's really easy if you just go to the website, which is gradio.ca, and you can get in contact through Facebook, Twitter, email, however you want. And uh, I'm just, like, I'm I'm usually always looking for new content, and usually pretty open to stuff like that. So it's pretty easy. And Kelly, is there any particular definition? Like, how nerdy does one have to be to be on the nerd list? Well, I haven't, I haven't really said no yet. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the only problem that I have is, okay, 
hey, I'm, it's very much personally based. Okay, this this nerdy, is this nerdy, is this nerdy? And then if you don't narrow it down a little bit, then you're, you'll never get to the mall. You'll drive yourself insane. So you have, to, you have to start off with what you personally consider nerdy. And if anybody wanted to get on, if anybody wanted to be listed as a local podcast, I'd put them up. I mean, it's podcasting itself. If you consider it to be nerdy, then everybody's on it. And there's a lot of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's next for you, Jeff? What is next for me? Um, that's, uh, that's a lot of things. <laughs> uh, in the next few months, I want to... I'm just doing a big website overhaul, a logo update. Um, spending the time at finding some sponsors because I want to open a home-based studio in uh, the next next year is the goal. Uh, currently, I'm working out of a Two Bodies Water studio, which is really awesome. They're really generous for what they provide. And, but I'd like to have a little bit of home base. I also want to move more into live talk radio because that would engage people a little bit more so people can call in, tweet in, ask questions and really be interactive with the shows that we do. So going forward, I want to see a lot of the shows that I have, a lot of the shows that I produce myself, move from being recorded to being live. That's interesting. In um, the larger podcast world, they've found that um, live shows have been a good way to expand the audience and also create another opportunity for sponsorship. And I think one of the, um, for us, one of the issues there is just the... um, the the production values for any room bigger than this one, right? Yeah, well, like live is where I want to go. It really works with, well with sponsors because we can give away prizes during the show and then it really encourages people to listen to it when it's happening as opposed to whenever they want. That said, like prior to just recently when it's been become recorded, all the shows I've ever done have always been live, like from um the like the live concert stuff because we just do like live stream events to uh, all the interview shows i've ever done have always been live and then you take the live feed cut it down edit it and then post an archived version as well so people can listen to the the recorded one like sounds a little better a lot less like us and stuff like that <laughs> and it sounds a little bit cleaner and people can listen to that on demand but typically like real radio all the stuff we do is live and uh only recently has it switched into more of a recording mode but uh, going forward, um, with live talk radio, it really you can really bring in more sponsors that way, and you can really increase interactivity with your listenership, and that's what I want to see it do. And what's next for you, Kelly? I'm going to try and get into podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm working on it. I'm starting a, a just unscheduled five, ten-minute interviews with local nerdy enterprises and entrepreneurs and artists and... I'm going to see what happens from that. And if I'm really uncomfortable behind the camera or behind the mic, then I'll stop doing it. And I won't have lost anything, but at least I'll have tried. And then plus, it's another way to get the word out. And I mean, there's a couple of Kickstarters and then some conventions that were coming up. And like, I mean, you can only accomplish so much through just putting up a random post at a specific time and saying, okay, we'll check this out. Uh, But if you get to actually do like what Daniel does and you give them a kind of a feature, and say, okay, well, give me a chance. Just explain what you're doing to people, how you'd like to have them hear it. And usually there's a little bit better chance of making an impact that way. Excellent. Yeah, Herman. Well, I have a question for both of you guys. Um, what, I know you guys talk about what you like from podcasts, but what don't you like from podcasts? Hmm. Or something that like throws you off? 
For me, it's when, well, it's just purely, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this really applies to you guys, but from a, pro, a business thing, it's when you use music, that popular music that you put into your podcast because that's like a huge copyright infringement issue. And especially if I'm trying to bring in money off that, when I hear that, if it's not original, I don't like it. But like I said, I don't know if that applies to everyone as much as it does. So I like a bit of an experimentation, but usually if you've got a bit of an audience, I'd like just keep out what you're, keep out what you're doing. Don't do a complete 180 because you don't think it's working just experiment with it I mean trying to think of the best way you don't just keep doing the same thing it's not what I'm trying to say but it, keep after it if you started it with a with a goal in mind keep after it don't completely change what you're doing because you're not getting the listenership that you think you're doing that's a problem with listenership it's not with your pro, with your podcast one thing I hear a lot um, and we actually got to that at a podcast or that meetup that Chris was at um, there's a small group of us who have like a large tolerance for bad sound, but we are a small group. So <laughs> that's why I have Erica and Steven helping me with my sound now. Um, so that's a thing to keep in mind is whatever you can do to make sure your sound does not get in the way of your audience. Do you work with your guys about how to improve their sound or have, are they coming to you pretty good? Um, the I have, there's about three or four of the shows on the on G Radio right now are kind of produced in house. It's through either me or people that I've met that like it was started through there. So those guys I work with a lot, yes. But the podcasts that I bring in externally are usually pretty well done. Like those guys kind of know what they're doing. They've been in in some cases, guys have been doing it for you know a year, year more. So they kind of know what they're doing. Whereas the guys that I do shows with, it's kind of they're they're learning just like I am. Just so we, I kind of help them with that in my limited experience as well. Okay, so visit taprootedmonton.ca uh, to see what Mac Miller are up to there. Thank you so much to Jeff and Kelly for sharing your wisdom today. Remember to get your nerd on at edmontonnerdlist.com and listen to local artists, local podcasts, local, local, local love at <laughs> gradio.ca. And I'll see you next month. Thanks for tuning in to the Seen and Heard in Edmonton podcast. You'll find links that we mentioned in the show notes at seenandheardyeg.com, and you can subscribe to the newsletter there as well. And join the Edmonton Podcasting Meetup on meetup.com for details on future gatherings. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.